What is up, all my ex-drinking buddies? Thank you so much for listening to the episode this week. Very special guest, my older sister, Emily Tassif, joins the podcast. We're going to talk all sorts of crazy stories. Up top, I did want to say thank you, everybody, for listening. Please subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Brennan Tassif. Get the episodes early. Get bonus episodes. After a few months at the top tier, we will do a mini X-Drinking Buddy episode with you personally. Also, you can get X-Drinking Buddy merch at the website, brennantcomedy.com slash merch store. I hope you all enjoy the episode. It is a little personal, close to my heart, in the middle of the move right now. So we will get some more comedians, musicians, all sorts of crazy characters back on the program. But this week is extra special because it is my family. Enjoy the show. Grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. talk very loud i guess i do talk loud but you do but you're like being you're <clears> holding <throat> back you're being you're, you're being because i need a beer passive. do you want a beer I got, no i'm I good got white claws i got beers i got wine no i'm good i'm not drinking in front of you i mean i could go in the bathroom and chug one real quick like olden days <laughs> so you see how this is doing this yeah that means it's recording oh great I'm keeping that clip in there. <laughs> there you go. See, you're getting the hang of it. <clears throat> Are you ready? Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the show, quick rundown of the show. One of my favorite things to do when I was out drinking, partying, doing drugs, getting in trouble <clears throat> was to hang out. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't know I could I forgot I was on the thing. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I promise. Good? Just let me get through 30 seconds of the intro. <laughs> I need a can, mute button. And you can cough all you want. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I am your host, Brennan Tassif. If you are new to the show, quick rundown of the show. I will normally be joined by a guest. This week is no different. First time on X Drinking Buddy, my older sister, ladies and gentlemen, Emily Tassif. It's an honor and a privilege. Now, want to let the listeners know, um, we invited Emily to be on the show. One, because uh, she would have a couple drinks and be like, I used to do the podcast from the work. I'd be so good at it. And two... Because Emily um, also lives in Jacksonville, where I currently am, before the move. And she's been around for some crazy shenanigans of mine. So we wanted to kind of talk about some of those stories. Those are some of my favorite stories. Well, favorite's a relative term. Those are some of the most interesting stories, I should say, that I have. So I wanted to bring Emily on to uh, share about them. So Emily, say hello to all the ex-drinking buddies. Hi, everybody. It's great to be here. Also, you forgot one thing. It's because you also love me very much. Yes, I do love you very much. <laughs> Make sure we're getting your levels right, Em. Can you hear me? Yeah, talk. Talk in your normal speaking voice. The speaking voice you were just talking in. That was perfect. Okay. There we go. All right. So, Emily doesn't have anything to plug because she's a normal human being. <laughs> she's not an actor or a musician or a comedian or anything like that. You work a regular job. I am lame. In a regular office. One of my favorite things... Um, quotes, I guess, was anytime Emily does something relatively stupid, she'll always be like, oh, put that in your comedy act. And then my <laughs> response is always, Emily, you go to the gym, go to work and go home. What what, what am I going to put in the act about that? It's a fulfilling life, okay? <laughs> but you are the most um, stable of the four kids, for sure. <laughs> no comment. Yeah, we got to We got to Emily does work in the corporate world, so it's not going to get as involved on her end. But she's here to add kind of commentary to some stories. And I am moving to New York City, as you know, listeners. 
So this will be one of the last times we get to hang out um, for a while. We're probably going to do dinner before I actually leave, leave. But I figured this would be a fun thing to do. I'm excited. Yeah. So Emily is two, two years older than me. Correct? One yes. year and nine months. Yes. There you go. One year and nine months. Um, so you guys can do the math. You guys know how old there I There was am. three of us in diapers at the same time. Yes. So for those of you listening, the family consists of our older, oldest, eldest brother, Ryan, um, who's six years older than me, four years older than Emily. Then it was Emily and then me and Hannah are twins. Hannah and I are twins. <clears throat> and Emily, you would do you think it would be safe to say we come from a um, pretty, pretty fun family, pretty fun loving, pretty. I want to say heavy drinking, but I know you're We're very to, cultured. Yeah, there you go. I know you're trying to tiptoe around that. And by culture, she means Eastern Europe, where we drink a lot. Hey, <laughs> look, see how I did that? I'm such a good fucking host. <laughs> so growing up was interesting with Emily. Emily and I, uh, we weren't the best of friends growing up. Didn't get along super well, but I was also a loner. Um, didn't really get along with anybody in the house. <laughs> but I wanted to have you on, so we're going to fast forward. We're going to fast forward to now... Um, I'm getting older. You went to UNF. Uh, huge shout out, Joe Dorville, shadow producer of the show, co-host of Cheers from the Press Box, also a, a, an Osprey, right? That's swoop. Yeah, there you go. That's for you, Joe. I know you're listening. Um, <laughs> so you went to UNF. You graduated in 2009 from uh, college. 2008. 2008. And then You've you just up, aged me. Yeah. Well, that's guys, okay. I said one year, nine months from, and they know how old I am. I talk about my sobriety constantly. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so when you graduated, you guys, you decided to stay in Jacksonville. Was that a conscious choice or? I got lucky and the economy had tanked and I found a job somehow. So okay. I've stayed in Jacksonville and. That's not the same place you're at now, is it? Oh, no. Okay. No. I can never remember. No, I worked for a company for about three years and then I went nonprofit for a year. That's okay. No, and I now I work for a different company. A very profit, profit company. I've. A good company to work for. There you go. Hey, oh, keeping it clean. Um, <laughs> but uh, what? So you just decided just because of the job situation, you decided to stay. Yeah, I'm not very risk adverse. And <laughs> <laughs> to say the slightest, I wanted to get on my feet and I was fortunate enough to find a job and then another one and another one. And I love what I do now. And so you do marketing, marketing and education. Okay. And it's it's interesting. I find this fascinating, and um, we'll get into the drinking. Trust me, we've got plenty of drinking stories. I was going to say you're boring them right They're now. They're mainly my drinking stories, but people can look me up on LinkedIn and figure all oh, this God. out. No, 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 <laughs> fuck that. It's my show. I, I've actually the last couple of episodes I've been saying like, no, it's my show. I'm going to do what I want, and then I've slowly been losing listeners. So I'm like, maybe I should not do that. But whatever, I don't care. Um, I find I just find it fascinating because when I was done with school and I moved back into mom's, I had so many friends that stayed like they got lucky and found jobs and stayed in the area or moved just because of their job, which I always thought was so interesting because it was it was less about like, well, now I'm done with college. Like my, I have the rest of my life. I'm going to pick where I want to live and then I'll find a job there. It was it's very much the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, again, the economy was tanked. Yeah. So and in hindsight, I should have like traveled for a year or two. But then again, I was broke with student loans. So yeah. there's that. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, while you're living in Jacksonville, your baby bro, me, <laughs> um, I came to visit you a few times. So those are some of the stories that I wanted to get into. This, oh, is, a yeah. little, this is a little weird just because. Normally, like I have a list from the guest and then like I kind of lead into it. But because I'm the one they're my stories and I'm the one leading into it, it almost feels like I'm being a mic hog, which I don't want to be. So if you have anything to add, you just jump right in. Oh, I will. All right, cool. So remember when I came up for my birthday, we went to Jazz Fest at the landing. Rest in peace, the landing. You got me that um, hamburger cake. Yeah, what I remember was that. that. Was that oh, my God. 22nd birthday, 23rd birthday? So we're going to go back. We're going to go back. There was, um, for those of you listening, do the magic of editing. I just took out a whole bunch of errors and mistakes that we were trying to match up the timeline. But it's not important. Timeline is not important at all. What is important is I came to visit you. It was for a birthday. 
and we were staying um, at your apartment. And I remember we were down by the pool. And I know I was over 21 because I, I remember we did a bunch of legal drinking stuff. Like we went to bars and uh, we did a putt and crawl, which in Jacksonville beaches is a thing where the bars all along the beach will set up makeshift like putt putt course kind of holes in the bar. And you go to the, you get a wristband, then you go to the bar, you get like super cheap drinks, and then you like do the putt putt course. And you go all on the bar. So I remember doing that. Which yeah, fun. I remember that one because I pretended to get a hole in one when nobody was looking and I got a prize for it. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. I do remember that. I was competitive, man. Yeah, that's yeah. That is one thing about you and I do have very much in common is our competitive nature. We um, I remember doing that. And then I remember getting mad because a lot of the deals were just on beer and I had like no money at the time. And I was like, what the shit, man? Like I thought I was going <laughs> to be able to do shots because I as the listeners know, I don't really drink beer. And then. I remember we did spend a day at the pool, like hanging out with your boyfriend at the time and his friends. And that was interesting because let's just say his friends um, didn't seem like the warmest fellows, <laughs> but I was, I was so much younger than not so much, but I was, you know, I was younger than him and his friends and stuff. So I was trying to be like, cool. So I was like trying to get engaged, you know, me always the attention seeker trying to get engaged with their conversations and they were just kind of like, yeah, man, like, all right, whatever. <laughs> and I remember that daytime fun because I stayed at your place for a couple of days that went into the night and we were all just kind of drinking and having a good time. And I remember that that day I ended up drinking like way too much. And this yeah. was when I was going through my super aggressive like. It's almost like a frat boy kind of a uh, phase <laughs> where like I would get like a headbutt shit and like try to break stuff and all that kind of shenanigans. It was a cluster to yeah. say nicely. Yeah, it was bad. So I ended up drinking. This might have actually now that I'm thinking about it been way after this might have been like 24th, 25th birthday. I think you are maybe combining them a little bit. I might be. There might be a couple different things happening, but this all happened with you um, in Jacksonville. So whatever. But um, yeah, I also remember it as one big blur. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I just remember from some of the pictures we have of the putt and crawl. I was like super fat. That's one of the pictures I use when I do my transformation Tuesday, whatever. Post. <laughs> it's that picture from the putt and crawl because I was so fat. Um, so it would have been after football would have been after all of that. So I do remember um, I got way too drunk. And then I remember I was kind of getting fed up with your boyfriend at the time and his friends. Not not your boyfriend, but his friends not like accepting me into their little like click. So I remember like getting loud and like headbutting this, the <laughs> concrete wall outside and like threatening to jump off the balcony. Do you remember any of this? Oh, I remember you hitting the concrete wall. Cause I was like, you're going to die. And I was trying to stop you. And, and I, I kept like threatening to fight them. I was like, you guys want to like, stop me? banging your head. <laughs> and then like the whole party blew up. And then I remember, those guys ended up leaving and then I like sat on the couch and cried. Did my usual nobody likes me. Yeah. I have no yeah. friends, which is we tried to calm you down a little bit. Yeah. It didn't is, work. For those of you listening. Is that the same time you tried to also pretend like you were gonna jump off the balcony? Yeah, that's okay. yeah, I just said that. Oh, okay. Yeah. You said sat on the couch, I thought. Sorry. No, no, no. Before I said I was banging my head on the concrete and threatened to jump off the oh, balcony. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so for Yeah, those, that was a fun night. Yeah. For those of you listening, uh that used to be my go to because because I didn't have a lot of friends growing up, Emily and Hannah, my twin, were the popular ones. And Ryan, uh, everyone in my family was super popular except me. Uh -huh. But because I didn't have a lot of friends and I was always super fat and out of shape until I started playing. I really didn't get into shape until I started playing like college football. But I used to always live by this mantra, mantra where I'd start crying and be like, everyone hates me. Nobody likes me. And that went well into my late 20s. That was literally a saying that we had for you when yeah. you were a baby. Or oh, yeah. not a baby, but a kid. Like, oh, woe is me. Nobody likes me. Everybody yeah. hates Everybody me. Everybody hates me. I mean, um, since you were a little kid. Yeah. <laughs> and I still feel that way when I do comedy and I bomb and I go, everyone still fucking hates me. <laughs> or when I talk through your whole set. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> check out that clip on social media. That was fun. Uh, that was actually a lot of fun, though. But yeah, so I remember crying on the couch. And like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then I think that was just, it was just over with. So in our family, we're very good about sweeping things under the rug. Oh, yeah. So, we're avoiders. Yeah, very much so avoiders. So basically, and it's actually, I don't know if this has happened with you, but it's actually sunk into my other relationships. So like if Savannah and I get into an argument, 
We'll get into like a big blow up fight. And then like an hour later, I'm like, hey, babe, what do you want for dinner? And she yeah, goes, don't yeah. fucking hey, babe me. Yeah, yeah. I'm very much an avoider. I'll have my little hissy fit and then I'll come back an hour later like, hey, so what's up? Yeah. And so a lot of people, they don't um, like that. They don't encourage that. No, they don't I'm learning that, that in yeah, my 30s. Me too. I'm me too. learning to communicate and that that's not the appropriate way to behave. <laughs> yeah. So I because I do it at um, at I had to I have to apologize at least once a week at my job, which we don't mention here. But everyone knows I work in a nice restaurant because if I get like three crappy tables in a row, I'll start stomping my feet, threatening to quit. <laughs> like I'm going to like screw all of like the management sucks. Like what the hell's going on? And then like 20 minutes later, I'm like, hey, guys, um, what are we doing about blah, blah, blah this weekend? And they're like, what? I go into shutdown mode. I all of a sudden don't want to talk to you. I want to do the silent treatment. I'm going to yeah. walk away and then I'm going to come back and act like I'm your best friend. Yeah. So, okay. That's not just me. I'm though. a little passive aggressive. Yeah. I'm super <laughs> passive aggressive. I put the aggressive and passive aggressive, but, um, okay. So that's not something that's just unique to me and our family. And it's, it's interesting because after that night, literally it was like nothing had ever happened. Like it was like, okay, like that was just drank a little too much. Yeah. We get over it. Yeah. Which is, Actually, something that I enjoy that I really like about our family dynamic is the fact that that's just it. Like, we'll get over stuff. Yeah, we're still like, family. Quickly. It's fine. Yeah. The next day, we are we love each other, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, I'll hold on to a grudge. Like, I hold on to grudges a lot, but you'll never, like, people will never know that. Like, I'll be like, yeah, we're good. Like, whatever. But then if I start thinking about it, I'll start to get riled up. But I'm normally like, oh, yeah, we're good. Um, I just tend to block everything out and forget everything because I don't want to hold any grudges. Well, drinking helps with that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I did. uh, So that was an interesting night. That was probably I remember we went to the jazz fest and I remember like dancing and like having a good time. And they um, I remember it so romantically, like it was so much fun. And then when I first moved to Jacksonville, when I was still dating Alyssa, I was like, we got to go to the jazz festival. It's so fun. And so we went there and I was like, this is a disaster. <laughs> like it was terrible. At that I point, love jazz, but, you know, some of them are not the best. Well, and not only that, but at that point, the landing was overrun with. Yeah, like, a the lot landing of, had some yeah, issues. issues. It was a lot of shady people, a lot of homeless people. It was more more people that you were kind of like, oh, they're not here for the festival than people actually there for the festival by the time we went. Yeah. So and obviously the city understood that. That's why they destroyed the landing. But um, and if you're not drinking or yeah. having a few, at least a few beers. It's it's kind of really start to realize what's going on. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too, is um, it was interesting because when Alyssa and I first got together, I was sober. I had just gotten out of rehab. And so there were certain things that I was trying to do in Jacksonville because I went to rehab in Jacksonville and then I was living here. There were certain things yeah, I, I remember was... picking you up at the airport. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about that. Great segue. <laughs> Emily. Um, but yeah, it was interesting because there are things you have to relearn how to do sober. Like I hadn't gone to the movie sober in years. Oh, wow. I hadn't like I hadn't had a night at the house just by myself sober like ever. So it was interesting to try to relearn those things. And then going out like to the jazz fest, it was kind of like I remember this being a lot more fun. <laughs> but yeah, so Emily, the saint that she is. Oh, no. If I or actually if I could quote um, true romance here, Emily, the fuckhead that she is. <laughs> Uh, we, uh, 2013, you guys have all heard the story about how I went to rehab. I called, uh, the number on the back of the insurance card. They hooked me up. Well, first I called my mom crying saying I can't stop drinking. And then I, she told me to call the number on the back of the insurance card and they hooked me up with Lakeview. Shouts out Lakeview. Didn't Hannah help you too with that or no? Uh, she might've, the way I remember it was, uh, was calling mom, but I'm sure Hannah helped too. Shout out to Hannah. She doesn't get enough credit. But um, I remember calling the number and they hooked me up with Lakeview. So mom turned around and booked me a flight for the next day to get here. And I remember I was living in Oklahoma City at the time and you were living in Jacksonville. And I was like, oh, I'm going to Jacksonville. So Side I don't know. Note, Brennan is extremely scared of flying. Yeah. Horrifically terrible. So I was like, this is going to be fun. He's going to be tanked when yeah. he gets here. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> fun fact with that. So. I've got a layover in Dallas. I'm flying out of Oklahoma City, layover in Dallas, and then I'm coming into Jacksonville. And I don't know if mom called you or if I called you or who called you, but you were like, yeah, I'll pick you up from the airport. And I was like, bring me like some shitty food because I'm going to go into this rehab where it's going to be like all cafeteria food. 
So I asked you to bring me McDonald's. I remember. I was like, out of all things that you want, this is your last meal yeah. and you want McDonald's. And I was really out and of shape. And I would have brought you anything. I know. And I was really out of shape at the time. I was a mess. Um, so I remember being in Oklahoma City and having to get on the flight. I had a, the girl I was seeing at the time take me to the airport. Um, this is when I was living with Cousin Tommy. Shouts out, Tom Joyce. Uh, and I remember I had probably... For the listeners, maybe an inch, inch and a half left in my handle of Sailor Jerry. Wow. And I remember just like chugging that at like six in the morning like, oh on God. the way to the airport. And then the girl that I was seeing was very much like, you're not going to like she knew I drank a lot, but she didn't understand. She's like, you're not going to you're not going to drink out of that bottle in my car. So I had to like pour it into a cup. And I was like trying and there wasn't very much like an inch, inch and a half isn't very much liquor in the bottom of a handle. So I'm like chugging it because I cannot fly. I could not stand flying. I've gotten a lot better in my sobriety flying um, because, you know, you're I have to between comedy and everything like I, I'm forced to fly. So it's like, well, and your dopamines we aren't as messed up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not depleted all over the place. Yeah. So. But I'm the kind of guy when I say I don't like flying, it's not like, oh, I'm kind of nervous, like. I look out the window and if the if the wing kind of shakes a little, I'm like, we're all going to die. Wing's going to fall off. We're all dead. Family That's trips it. to Ohio were the most fun. With I Brennan used to T. like bury myself in the chair, like get horrible. as low down as I could. I used to travel hang. agents or, or not agents. Tra like what are they? Flight attendants. Yeah. Flight attendants would be trying to like distract you and you would be crying. Yeah. It was embarrassing. Hated flying. <laughs> um, but. I wasn't hammered enough. So when I first started, I've only flown a few times since I've been 21. So the couple times that I did fly when I was drinking, like if I got drunk enough, I loved it. I was like, oh, my God, I'm not worried about anything. Like I'm going to get <laughs> up and walk around like, yeah. But I remember getting on this flight and I wasn't drunk enough. And I was like, fuck. Now I'm like half drunk, but half terrified. <laughs> and. I'm trying to get the flight attendant to bring me more liquor, which I think she did because I think I did that. I pulled the cry at before the flight even takes off. I'm 25 years old and I'm like crying like oh, you don't understand my anxiety so bad. So I think they walked me down a couple of minis because I've done that in the past. I have shared that on the show guilted them in where there. I've guilted them into bringing me some minis, some Jack minis. Um, and I remember f we flew to the airport, but this was the thing. So Lakeview had a driver that would pick you up. Um. Because it's a rehab. So a yeah. lot of people get sent there that don't want to go, but they go because they feel like they have to. But as soon as they land, they just vamoose, they vanish. Yeah. So they have a driver come get you. And it's not like, don't think like town car driver. It's like a fucking <laughs> shitty, like three super wheels. Old, on it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not a super nice car. I mean, it's not a bad car, but it's not like it's, I'm not getting picked up in a limo or a town and country or something. So. You came to the airport. I remember I met you. You had McDonald's for me and we just kind of hung out. But you didn't even you weren't even able to take me to rehab. It was yeah. just kind of like, all right, well, cool. Yeah. I mean, I was like, OK, McDonald's. I'll bring you McDonald's. And then we just sat there and you ate and then it was bye. Yeah. What was that? So I wanted to get your perspective on this because you are my older sister and you and Hannah used to always yell at people for bullying me on the school bus. And you guys have always been very protective. And I'm. It's interesting because I'm like twice the size of anyone in the family, but I'm the biggest baby out of everyone in the family. So what was that like when you see me get off the plane? Did you have like a, oh, my God, what's wrong with my brother? Or, oh, Brennan's just trying to get attention because I've been known to do that as well. Or what was your thought? Truthfully, no, like, you what have was... mixed feelings about stuff like that. So one is heartbreak. And then the other is. I'm so glad that he actually followed through and that he's actually doing this okay and one is hope another emotion is hope that you're going to actually do what you say you're going to do but then a lot of doubt in the fact that that's actually going to work but at the same time you got to live in that moment and just yeah. be like and when you i was i wish you wanted something better than mcdonald's but then when <laughs> you, you were eating mcdonald's i was like i'm so glad that he's following through with this like that's a strong person Obviously, it was a lot more of a bumpy road after that, but... Oh, yeah. I was proud of you. Aww. That was probably my biggest thing. I was proud of you, and I didn't care to drive wherever I needed to just to bring you some McDonald's. Some sweet, sweet McDonald's. And I was still pounder, disappointed baby. in your choice, but... Okay, yeah, because that's interesting, because being on the other side of it, 
as someone who's like you said, it became a very bumpy road. You know, I got almost a year sober that first time. Yeah. I went to Lakeview and as a competitive person, I was like, no, fuck this. Like, I'm going to do this the right way. Like, fuck everybody. Because I knew I know for a fact that there's people in my life and people in our family who were like, there's no way he's going to stay sober. Like, you're out of your mind. And I, I know that to be true, which is fine. But in my head, it was very much like, well, I'm going to show them. Yeah. Like, which is. The biggest issue, because anybody who gets sober for other people won't stay sober. Yeah. You have to get sober for yourself. And in my experience, that's what I've learned. So I the first time I went there, I knew I had to get sober because I like my life was falling apart and not just financially, like lying to work or quitting jobs or getting fired. But like emotionally, I've always been a very emotional person. And now it was just it was a thousand times worse. So I was like, I need to fix this. So I go there and I get almost a year sober, which was interesting because our twin sister or my twin sister, our sister got married in that year. Yeah. So I remember going to her wedding six months sober. I mean, that you was did like good at her wedding. Too. Yeah, I did great. And that was a big deal because everyone was fucking hammered. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Steve came up to me. Um, for those of you listening, that's my mom's uh, husband. He came up to me and he had a couple of pops. And he was telling me, and I do this bit on stage, so I don't mind saying it here, but he was like, you know, Brennan, the trick to staying sober. And I was like, yeah, you're going to tell me the <laughs> trick to staying sober? He's like, it's all about willpower. If you ever have any issues, you just call me. And I'm like, yeah, call you? The hammered guy, call you. But, um, yeah, I had met Alyssa. I started working at um, the Good Food Company, which went out of business, and then I went to Outback, and I met Alyssa, and her and I started dating. I was living in the halfway house after rehab. Uh, Hannah got married. It wasn't in February. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I had six months sober at that point. And then the listeners know this and I'm, I'm sure I've told you this. But then fast forward two weeks before I get my one year chip. I have my own apartment now. Um, Alyssa and I are doing great. And I turned to my roommate and we basically were sitting out on the balcony smoking cigarettes and convinced each other that we had overreacted. <laughs> that because. It's a it's a crazy thing to think about if you obviously not as an, a, a, an alcoholic, you it might not be something that you ever even think of. But to say, OK, we're going to stop drinking and using drugs, everything at 25 turning, you know, at this point, I think I was just now t- about to be 26. That's a very cold reality. Yeah, it's, to, it's hard to face, I would imagine. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like and this is why they say one day at a time. Yeah, because if you start. Future tripping, as a very funny comedian, Ryan Sickler, puts it, if you start thinking about, oh, my God, like, I won't be able to drink at my own wedding. I won't be able to ever drink on a birthday. I won't be if you now I've got enough sobriety to where that stuff doesn't bother me anymore. But at the time, I didn't even have a year. And I started thinking about all these things, you know, and there's a saying in sober circles that my my worst day sober is better than my best day drunk. And I always think like. You guys are fucking losers. (laughs) Like I had awesome days drunk, like the bowl game when I played college football, like being in New Orleans, the first bowl game we went to and being able to like walk the street and drink, even though I was a little underage and like do all that stuff. Like I had awesome times drinking. Yeah. So to be sitting out there and it's so interesting because you lived right down the street from me at the time and Billy, my uncle and his wife were right up the road. My grandmother was here. I had so many people I could call and be like, Hey, I'm not doing so hot. Like I need someone to come like bail me out of this. And what I've now discovered three years sober is that those thoughts will pass. What I did not know at the time was I thought I'm going to feel like this forever. Yeah. So we should go drink. Well, and it doesn't help that you have somebody else that you're talking to about it and they're encouraging it. And yeah, we were encouraging each other. Yeah. You know, it's it's both of our faults. And we were like, yeah, we did overreact. Like, we can handle this. And so and Alyssa, which I think I've mentioned before, had no idea what alcoholism was. Everyone thinks they know. Like. Everyone thinks they have an idea of what it is, but you have no idea until you see it. You don't. Yeah. I honestly had no idea until I've seen people go through it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's one of those things where I know you and I joke about it, but you're like, God, I I drink too much. And I'm like, no, you don't. (laughs) Like my drinking, um, not immediately, but it was two weeks before my one year trip. I relapse and everything's fine for the first couple of months. Like I'm still working. Everything's going all right. But then it, it, it spirals out. It gets worse, never better, as it says in the book. And it starts to spiral out of control. Um. And that was interesting. So and that and I know I've told that story before, but I just wanted to bring that up because 
now, like I said, you're right down the street from me and we don't see each other very often because you've got work and, you know, we have work opposite schedules. But do you have any recollection? And if you don't, it's fine because I'm selfish. So I think everyone thinks about me. But do you have any recollection of when you found out that I had fallen off the wagon? Which time? The very first time, like when I go to rehab, I get a year sober, almost a year sober. And everyone's like, holy shit, Brendan was sober at Hannah's wedding. Like, I can't believe it. He's been sober this whole time. And then do you recall when like you found out like, oh, shit, like Brennan's drinking again? So it's hard because some of it is a blur for me. And the most yeah. rememberable one is the last time, which was around your birthday. Yeah. Um. So for those of you listening, I have gotten probably a dozen white chips where I would get sober for a couple months and then fall off and then sober for a couple months. But the first time and the last time I got sober were the two longest stretches I had been sober. And there was also stents in between of like not being able to get a hold of you and stuff like that. But I don't have a completely, if you were jogged my memory, I'd probably remember, but I don't have a completely, I can't tell you which exact time or what exactly happened for me to find that out. Yeah. Okay. That And that makes sense. But because there's so many different stories. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it was definitely it was I remember drinking that day and I got really sick and then I had to go to work the next day and I don't know how I made it through work, but everyone knew I was sober at work. So like I didn't get in any kind of trouble. I was just like, I'm, I don't feel well. And they're like, oh, he must just be sick because when drink. you ha- uh, passed out at work. No, that was in Oklahoma where that happened. Okay. I had a seizure at work and that yeah. was in Oklahoma. Yeah. I remember because I was doing a 5K that day. Yeah. I had a seizure at work. And, and it was a beer run, to be honest with you. Was it? I felt awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a seizure at work um, uh, in Oklahoma and then ended up passing out. And that was a whole thing. But that was also due to obviously my drinking. But we um, we got through it. We're here now. Yeah. So we're here. Three years coming up. Coming up, oh no, it just came up on three years, so that's that's pretty cool. What um, what do you remember about Betsy? I was gonna say, side note, I want to talk about Betsy. No, we're gonna talk about it right now. <laughs> so for those of you listening, Betsy was Emily's Cavalier that she had through college. Yeah, I got it on my own. Yeah, actually, let me think, Uncle Billy, because he did help me find it and he helped me get it and everything like that. Yeah, shouts out Uncle Billy. He gets a lot of shouts out on this. Um and. I used some of my student loan money, money that I had and um, I got Betsy and I had her for a long time and I saved up some money and I, I had gotten is a new that one. hang on side note. Is that not the right thing? Am I, was I not supposed to use my student loan money for everything else? I don't know what you're allowed to use your student loan so, money for. So, first of all, fuck that and I fuck them. I used mine for books you know in why? school. You know why I fuck <laughs> them? Because when I went to the financial and lab fees. When I went to the financial aid office, they said, "Oh, you only need 1200, but we'll let you take out 5000." So, fuck them. Whose fault is that? I theirs. <laughs> I will continue to blame everyone else for my problems. No, but that's what I'm saying. It's like what they think I was going to spend it on. But anyway. anyway, I was buying a new car and I was so excited. I um, bought this new car, Black Beauty. New, new to Oh. Yeah, new to me. Yeah. Um, I had saved up some more money. It was after college. Because you didn't have a car at the time, right? I had Betsy. Oh, okay. Which yeah, is I'm a Chevy sorry. Cavalier. Yeah. It was so you like, had the Chevy Cavalier. It was gold buying. color, but I guess Brennan would call it champagne at yeah. that time. Champagne. Um, and I... So you, I forgot. You bought the... The, your black car, your black yeah. beauty. Yeah, your explorer. Ford Escape. Escape, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't that, I didn't save up that much money. I couldn't get to the Explorer. But this was like a newer, like from the lot, wasn't For it? For me, no, I bought it off like an older lady. So she just needed to get rid of it. So it was in good condition. And I, it was like the best car I'd ever had. Yeah, like, that's I, how I feel Other about than the Mustang in high school, it was, yes. That you drove into the ground. That's yeah. how I feel about the Camry. I drove, okay. That's, that's, that's debatable. That's how I feel about the Camry. <laughs> hey, I heard the stories about what you and Seth used to do in that car, driving it all around the no, parking lot. No. Donuts, oh, no, rest in peace, no. Seth. But um, um, that was in his car. So anyway, <laughs> I <laughs> I remember thinking really hard if I long and hard if I wanted to give you this car, and I and I had no idea at the time. No, 
It was, was one of the times you had come up to to. I think I also probably had been drinking with you and like made some promises or whatever. Yeah, that happens. We talked. We've talked about that on the show. Um, and Drunken I remember promises in the Tassif family household. I remember, and I could be wrong, but I remember we were at the pool, and I said, "I'm going to help you out, and I'm going to give you this car." But I swear to God, if you drink and drive with it, I'm going to come and take it from you. And I don't even think it was a year later. That thing was towed. It wasn't. So I was staying- and you never even got it out of the impound. And who knows? R.I.P. Betsy. I have no, no idea where you're No, she got at. out of the impound. Um, I, was stay- I think I was staying because one summer I stayed with Billy and Linda. And I think it might have been that summer. Because the summer before is when I became a true alcoholic. And I've told that story. And then the summer before that, I stayed on campus. So I think this was the summer I was staying with Billy and Linda. And um, you gave me Betsy. And I was super ecstatic about it, super excited. I was now, this was the first time I had um, a car since high school. So I had a car in high school, the Mustang. Um, and then when I uh, was done with school, I uh, ended up getting, I uh, bought a Cavalier, 1989 Cavalier off of uh, one of <laughs> mom's um, ex-husband's friends. And I used that to get down to South Florida. Um, and then that one died. And then I ended up not having a car for like two years at school. And then eventually you gave me Betsy and I was like, all right, rock and roll. I can now move off campus because I have a car like it's going to be so much cheaper. Like everything's great. And yeah, don't even think it was a year. And I got my very first DUI in Betsy. But didn't you maybe damage Betsy a little bit as well? No. The front end. Oh, maybe not. In the, <laughs> not not for the DUI. I thought I remember seeing it and saying, "Brennan, you better not oh, be drinking yeah. and driving with this car." I swear to God. Yeah, it was what did those, I tell you? It was one of those things where, yeah, I I had never gotten into an accident. Knock on wood, I never got no, into I an know, accident. No, I know you didn't hit But anybody. yeah, like I'd I'd bump curbs or I'd bump into yeah. like parking, like you know the big uh, parking pillars or whatever. Just fucking tag those. But Bessie was paid off and she was mine, and I didn't have to pay for her. So I was like, whatever, <laughs> we'll run this baby into the ground. Um, I remember the AC went. Out, which was probably the most expensive thing that ever happened because we had to get the and by we I mean Billy paid to get the compressor fixed. I was gonna on say it. who's we? I'm yeah. surprised you didn't just let it roll. Um, but I remember I had it in South Florida and yeah, it was probably a year later, maybe a little bit more or less. But uh, got a DUI. Now the story for that DUI is troubling because I was drinking at O'Brien's in South Florida. Shouts out O'Brien's. If you know, you know O'Brien's. They had Thursday nights, buy one, get one. Oh, Jesus. On anything in the bar. So you could literally just pound fucking top shelf stuff for super cheap. Anyway. I think that that's probably illegal now. I think it is. Because when I was in college, they had that kind of stuff too. I'm almost positive it is because Chili's now, it's like you get like half off the drink. It's not buy one, get one anymore. It's like half off during happy hour. Same concept. Yeah, but... They can't like feed you booze. They can't. Prom- yeah, they don't want to. Because I remember at Outback when I first started Outback in 2006 sidebar. It was buy one, get one on everything in, in the restaurant. We had ladies nights in college where you just drank for free. Yeah. Just whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like no cover. You just mellow mushroom drink for free everywhere. <laughs> yeah. They don't do that kind of stuff anymore. But I remember we were at O'Brien's and I was there with a, a girl from work and we I got hammered. I don't think she was that drunk. And then I went to drive home and everything's going and then remind you i'm I'm not playing college football anymore i'm out of shape i'm drinking pretty heavily so it's it's so one you of those still things. had like a blood alcohol level of whatever from the night before, before yeah you oh yeah probably yeah. and like i got off work and and it's in hindsight it's so stupid but i get in the car and there's always cops outside of o'brien's and they just wait for people to leave who are hammered which is shitty because you know the old thing where it's like, well, why don't they just tell you like, hey, don't get in your car, or give you a breathalyzer before you get in your car and say, hey, don't drive. Well, that doesn't make them any money. So, I get into the car, and I, apparently they followed me um a few miles from O'Brien's, but at the time the car had power steering; it drives itself, and I had, <laughs> I had, and this this is a, is a Chevy Cavalier, everybody, just so you know, from like probably two thousand Chevy Cavalier. Was it a 2000? Yeah, 2000 wow, I didn't know it was that new. Yeah. So it's not like the nowadays cars that kind of really do drive themselves. In well, a they sense. don't kind of. They do. But well, you know what I mean? Like as long as you have your hand like on the steering wheel a little level, it'll go straight. But I was at a red left arrow light and I stopped and then I'm trying to flirt with the girl next to me and I'm like, give you know, we're kissing back and forth or whatever. And mind you, I'm out of shape and a disgusting person at this point. So I'm like, oh, this is like crazy that she's, uh, you know, she's kissing me back. This is nuts. 
And then I turn and I notice the light is green. I don't know how long it's been green. As I start to go, whoop, whoop, behind me, they pulled me over for, I think, uh, reckless driving or something because I didn't go fast enough at a green light. And because they knew you were drunk? Yeah. Well, so legally, they can't pull you over because they know you're drunk, quote okay. unquote. They have to have a reason to pull you over. Anybody who ever gets a DUI, you will get a ticket for something else with that DUI. Okay. Every time. Because... It's very subjective. Like, I think they may or may not be drunk. Now, if you swerve, you know, it's, you know, that's illegal. You can't serve reckless driving. So there's little things that you do because you're drunk that gives them reason to pull you over. But they can't just be like, I think that person's drunk and pull you over. Yeah. So I had committed no crime up to this point other than drinking and driving. But they didn't know that. Yeah. Or they knew it, but they, you know. So they got me for like uh, reckless driving because I was stopped at a green left arrow light for too long. <laughs> and I remember the first thing I thought was Emily's going to fucking really. Kill you me. thought that yeah. I don't think you've ever told me that before. Yeah, because I was I was go- I literally I'm surprised you're alive today. Yeah, it was. Well, and that was <laughs> the, the thing. first thing I told I said, I will give you this car. No questions asked. You just can't have to promise me. Look me in the face and promise me. We were probably taking shots at the time, to yeah. be honest with I you. I had every intention not to drink and drive. But it was one of those things where you don't drink and drive, you don't drink and drive, and then but then you go to a bar and you're like, ah, and Uber's not a thing at the time, Lyft's not yeah, a thing. Yeah, that's true. So it's like, ah, I don't really want to like have to come back and get my car tomorrow. Like I haven't had that much to drink. And you do it one time where you haven't had that much to drink, and you're like, oh, that was... It's easy enough. It's close enough. It's two roads. Like it's a it's a side road, then a main road, and a main road. So it's three roads. It's like it's not that hard. Um, and then you just over time. And I had been drinking and driving like for a while. I didn't start drinking until seventeen, eighteen. But I had drank and drove that whole time. So when I got the car, I was like, it's not that big of a deal to go from O'Brien's to my house. Plus, you wanted to get this girl home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, I remember how so that work out for you. I did. I went into work the next day and she was like, she blamed herself, which shouts out to her. I was just like that. It takes a lot of a lot of cojones to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's totally my fault. That's what we call an enabler or a codependent person. Yeah. But shouts out to her. She's doing great now. But uh, yeah. So I went the next day. Uh, my friend Colton came with me to the impound. He drove me there and then he paid. To get it out of the impound. And they're like, well, you can't drive it. You don't have a license because I refuse to blow. And I was like, okay, like, I guess I'll have him drive it. And we dro- like he drove it down a block and then we switched and I drove it home. Okay. See, I thought you never had gotten it out. No, I had it out. And it was at my apartment for the longest time. And I sold it um, to a, a f- friend of mine because... I, so you probably told me you never got it out because you sold it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But I remember uh, like I was between going to court and everything and I was still driving it like on occasion, like if I had to get somewhere super important, super fast. But then I was like, I need to stop driving this car like this is going to this is going to screw me if I get pulled over on a suspended yeah, license for a DUI. I'll go to jail. So I remember a friend of mine was looking for a car, just like a little beater car to get from work and home. Because him and his girlfriend were sharing a car at the time. And I remember selling it to him for like 400 bucks. And at the time. It's probably the right value at the time. Yeah, because it was a few years later. It had a bunch of dings to it and stuff. So I remember I sold it to him. It was like 400 or $800. I was like, you can just have it. And I, because this was back in the day when we had paper titles. And I just signed it over to him and gave it to him. But that wasn't. I thought it was interesting, though, because, yeah, that was my first thought. I was like, fuck. <laughs> Emily's going to kill me. I was. Oh, man, I was so mad. Because you can kill somebody for real. I mean, yeah, no, for sure. And that ties in. That story actually ties in nicely with this. Uh, the other story I wanted to tell, which was when you bailed me out of jail when I got my second DUI. <laughs> uh, so that was when I was speaking of enablers. <laughs> yeah. So I was 28 at the time. Wow. Were you? Yeah. Because I got sober on my 30th birthday and I got it. In, yeah. 2017. So I was 29 at the time. Wow. Yeah, so I got my second DUI. I've been arrested eight times. Two of them were DUIs. My second DUI was in September of 2017. And that was a trip because Alyssa and I had broken up. She had moved back to the West Coast, but we were trying to work it out. And by that, I mean I was trying to work it out. <laughs> um, so I was I was having stints of 
like good stints of sobriety. So when we first broke up and she left, we did not talk. Like we talked like we were going to get back together and we're like, oh, we're going to work this out. And I had stayed sober for a few months and then I, I fell off the wagon and then she was just like, I can't. This is what I was talking about because we had agreed that if I could get a year sober without her being there, she would come back and yeah. we would get back together. Um, but again, if you don't get sober for you and you get sober for somebody else, you'll never stay sober. So I fell off the wagon and I remember she uh, <clears throat> excuse me. She was like, um, like, that's it. I don't want to have anything else to do with you. So this was like in 2016, 2015, 16, probably 16. So then I'm drinking and doing crazy stuff. And then, you know, months pass and maybe a year passes and we decide like, well, I'd rather have her in my life as a friend than not at all. So we like start talking again, but strictly as like a friend, like she's telling me about dates she's going on and guys yeah. that she's hanging out with. And I'm telling her about the stuff I'm doing now. Mind you, obviously, when I'm drinking, I never work out or anything. So I'm like letting myself go like I'm just not a very attractive person in my mind and I'm gaining all this weight. And then there's the hurricane. And I've told this yeah, story before. Yeah. Go up to the Walmart in my car. My roommates beg me not to go. I get my DUI in a parking lot <clears throat> while my car is parked. So I get that DUI. And I remember the only number I knew by heart was mom's and Alyssa's. So I called Alyssa and I told her that I had canceled the insurance on the car. And as I was backing out of the Walmart parking lot, I had hit somebody's uh, car. So I was in jail for not for driving without insurance. Oh, I was going to say you didn't do that, though. So no, you were no, no. trying to get her to bail I, you out. Well, not even that. I just didn't. I Without didn't, telling her you had a DUI. I didn't want to disappoint her. Oh, okay. I didn't want because we had started talking as friends again. And I was trying to portray this identity of. I got my shit together. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that was one of those things where. But we, I'm in jail. We but had, I've got it together, girl. We had talked as friends. But just, you have to understand, Alyssa know, was kidding. very familiar with my situation where Brennan calling you from jail. It's like, well, let's hear him out. Let's hear him out. Um, so we had gotten to the point where I think we were almost like starting to talk again. So I was like, I cannot tell her that I had been drinking. Like, I can't. Yeah. Like, sh she'll never speak to me again if she finds out. So I told her I got into an accident. I was like, you need to get Emily's number, or Hannah's number. Like, I need somebody to come bail me out. And then I called mom. Same thing. And through the grapevine of communification, <laughs> Hannah tells Alyssa, like, oh, my God, can you believe Brennan got another DUI? Oh, my God. Well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised either. But I called her back and she was crying on the phone. You're calling, making all these calls during jail? Yeah, so when you go into the holding cell, you can make free calls from the holding cell phone. So I call her back, and she was, and I'm the only one in the holding cell, um, and she was sobbing, and I was broken. I was like, Aww. you've got to be kidding. She goes, your sister told me, and I said, Emily doesn't talk to anybody. She goes, no, Hannah told me what happened. She goes, don't ever call me again. Like, I'll t I will talk with your mom and try to get you out of there, but don't ever call me again. Like, this is done. You know, I trusted you. You said you were going to you were going to figure it out this time. You've told me that a million times, but I'm done. And not only that, you lied on top. of Yeah. That. And I lied. And she and that was probably, I think, the thing that hurt her the worst, because through everything that her and I had been through, I'd never lied to her. Yeah. I had manipulated the truth. <laughs> But if she straight up asked me, like, are you drinking? Have you drank? Like anything like that? I always told her the truth. Yeah. I, you know, I would hide it. I would omit things. Um, but if she asked me anything, I would always tell her the truth. So the fact that she asked me what happened and I straight lied to her was probably, I think, the hardest thing for her. And I remember I was just like, well, I guess I'm just going to hang out in jail. And at the time I was working. And I was like, fuck, we were closed for the hurricane, but like, I need to get back to work. Had we talked at this time at all? I don't think you and I had talked. I think at mom, I called mom and mom was like, well, I don't have it. Like, you're going to have to talk to Emily. And then I remember calling you and being like, hey, normally I would just sit in here. I've done so much time in jail. It would not bother me to sit in here, but I actually have a job. I was going to say, because you used that on me. Yeah, I was. I have to get be, to work. Because it was a serious thing, because I had just gotten promoted to manager. I hadn't started the training yet, but I had just gotten promoted to manager. And I was like, I cannot just not show up for my job. Yeah. Like, I have to be there. And you're like, OK, I'll bail you out. So well, let's let's hold on for a second, <laughs> because this was over a course of about 10 phone calls, I feel like. Yeah. I could be exaggerating that. But it was also guilt tripping me because the hurricane was coming 
and yeah. I have to work. I have to work. I promise I'll pay you back or please just help me. I have nobody else. And I am, I feel very bad for people all the time. And I always think the way to help them is not the appropriate way to help them in which to bail them out. Um, cause I was like, he can't lose this job. If he loses this job, then he's going to, Oh, it would have gotten and a Bubba lot worse. was like, you need to bail him out. Had I lost that job, it would have gotten a lot worse. I know. And I was like, I know this spiral. I know what's going to happen. I had to sign my house on that. I know you did. Appreciate it. And you laughed when you got out. <laughs> I appreciated it. I, I laugh. My, come on. My comedy but yeah, is very no, dark. That, that was hard. Yeah, and it was interesting. It because, was a lot of begging and pleading, though. Well, because and I also thought it was something simple, like you see in the movies, where it's like, "Yeah, just come bail me out," and it's like, "Yeah, it's no, be I like thought that. it was too. It, it's not. I've it's, never done that before. So the movies, nor will I ever again. The movies and TV away. make it sound way easier than it actually is, apparently. Yeah. So yeah, because that was the thing. So there was a hurricane. So you bailed me out, like the next day. I didn't get released for four more days, though. Because of the hurricane, they wouldn't yeah, release me. Yeah, and I remember thinking, crap, he needs to get his job. Also, the hurricane, what if it floods? Like, all these random things. Like, it's the jail's not going to flood in Jacksonville, Florida. But in my mind, I'm trying yeah. to, like, come up with excuses of why I should do well, this. Well, yeah, so you ended up bailing. I remember, though, I was there for a day, and then you bailed me out. I think it was the next day. It might have been two days It was days pretty later. quickly because I remember yeah. you having to get to work. Yeah, it was. I think it was the next day. But then I ended up being in jail for a total of five days. So I was in there. I thought I was getting bailed out on the second day. They said, oh, well, it takes, a, it takes about a day to process. You'll get bailed out tomorrow. So then it's tomorrow, which is the weekend. It's like Saturday. And they're like, oh, well, because of the hurricane, we're not releasing anybody. No, that was Friday because then Saturday they're like, oh, same thing. We're not releasing anybody because of the hurricane. And then Sunday I was like, the hurricane's fucking gone. Release me. <laughs> and they were like, oh, well, the judges are the judges don't come in on Saturday to sign your paper to release you. And that's when I started to lose it because you now at this point you had paid bail three days prior. Yeah, and I'm still in jail. Yeah. And so I was starting to lose my mind. And then finally, I think it was I think first watch said we would be closed through Sunday. And then I think I got released on a Monday, but I happened to have that Monday off from work. Cause I called work. A the first thing I did when I got out was call my job and be like, yeah. was I supposed to work today? And they're like, no, 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 you come in tomorrow. And I was like, thank God. Well, and I remember, I think, and I could be wrong, but you also called me thinking that I was lying, that I didn't bail you out. Yeah, because I was, I was like, I already signed my life away and paid the money. Okay. Well, because they, the, most of the corrections officers are dickheads. But like they're like, fuck you, like animal, like you're supposed to be in here. Don't worry about when you're getting out. But every once in a while you get one where I was like, hey, like I posted bail. Like, why am I still here? And they would always tell me the same thing. They're like, well, if someone posted bail for you, you'll be out. It takes about eight hours. You'll be out eight hours from when they post. We legally like I think one guy was like, we can't hold you if you've yeah. been bailed out. That's illegal. But obviously extenuating circumstances, they were able to. But I honestly was like, did she just tell me she did and she didn't like and Come to find out the DUI, that second DUI ended up being one of the best things that ever happened to me because the promotion was revoked and I almost went into managing at a place I didn't really like at, to be at in the, in the first place. Yeah. And I really didn't want to get back into restaurant management and it was for like pennies compared to what I make now in prime steakhouses working 70 hours a week. So they rescinded the offer because they're like, oh, well, you have to have a license in order to go from store to store in case you need to get something. So after you get the whole DUI thing sorted, then we'll give you the promotion. And come to find out after, you know, everything that would then happen, I didn't want the promotion at all anyway. Yeah, you would have been miserable and started drinking more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this vicious cycle. So it ended up working out. You bailed me out. They had to put an ankle monitor on me. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. That, I think that's a thing in Jacksonville now. What's well, a thing in Florida for DUIs? I was going to say, I don't know if it's a Florida in general, it's a but state thing, yeah, yeah, like even if it's your first one. Yeah. Now, if, you, if it's your first one, you have to get the ankle monitor. And even if it's your first DUI, you now have to get a breathalyzer, an interlock in your car, even for your first DUI. So when I got my first DUI, it was kind of like six months probation, like year long suspension of my license because I refused to blow. And like, no, excuse me, it was a year probation, year probation. 
and a year of no license, but I could get my off my probation after six months if I completed everything, which I didn't. And I, I was going to say, story. how'd that work out? <laughs> yeah, I ended up getting arrested uh, for nine counts of violation of probation when I ran. I remember that, too. And I was like, all you had to do is finish it. Yeah. After six months That's of probation. All? I just, and it wasn't I it like left. community service or something. Yeah. Well, no. The, so the nine counts were the six months that I didn't show up. Um. Because I left after six months. So the six months I didn't show up, each each time I didn't show up was a violation. Then I got a violation for not finishing community service. I got a violation for like not filling out specific paperwork or something like that. And then I got a violation for leaving the county because um, I was arrested in a different county. So, yeah, nine counts of violation of probation. Wow. A couple yeah, did, did some did some jail time. That was fun. But I also thought that was interesting because now looking back on it because we are coming towards the end of the episode looking back on it just now i have three years sober uh you know the new york trip is a go we are moving Yay! we signed the lease that's all done um what is your perspective because i find it interesting you know from the outside looking in and you've always been so close to it because you've lived right down the street from me so is it are you, as my older sister, a very protective and competitive person? Are you comfortable with like, oh, yeah, Brennan should do fine in New York? Or are you worried or do you not think about it at all? Because I'm nervous. You don't think about other, you know, I'm selfish. I don't selfish. think about other people. No, I was going to say, I'm, <laughs> the way I wanted to word that is I'm selfish and I only, I think everyone thinks about me. But you're just like, no, I don't think about you like that all the time. So I will say you have done so I you are a different Brennan than you were three years ago. Yeah. You have done so much work on yourself. You are mature. I wow. noticed. I well, that. mature enough. I noticed for a man. I was kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding about that. I noticed um, that you are caring. You've always been a very caring person, but you um, recognize you know, a lot more and um, are a lot more empathetic about things in the world and realize that it's not just centered around you for the most part. Yeah. Difficult thing. to. So I would say I'm a little nervous because it's going to be stressful and you're going to be in those in that environment all the time. But I completely 100 percent think that you are in the perfect place physically and mentally to do it. I mean, you work in those environments already. Yeah. Um, And even if it's slow to start, I don't doubt for one minute after a scene where you were and where you've come to be, I don't doubt for one minute that oh, you're, I was fixing mine. You're fine. Oh, I don't doubt for one minute that you're not going to take it seriously and that you're going to screw up. If you do, you do and we'll figure it out. But I really don't. I, I have all the confidence in the world that you're going to do well. well I and I will that. tell you, if, if you were telling me a year ago, you were going to New York, I, or if you went to New York and COVID had broken out, I would have probably been really nervous. But yeah, you did, yeah, you did your due done. diligence and you've stuck to it. And I watched you go through COVID and not relapse. And yeah, which is actually shocking. Now, when you feel like it's a day at a time, but hindsight, it's like, fuck, I was home getting unemployment for like. Well, you know, I think a lot of people turned Dang. into alcohol because of it. Well, yeah. So alcohol sales went up like 400 percent. And then I we had a lot of people in my circles that fell off. A couple of people died. Because they were just like, well, I got nothing to do. I'm getting paid to stay at home, so I'll yeah. just drink. And some of them drank themselves to death. Some of them overdosed. Well, some you couldn't go to the, the gym wagon. for so long. You couldn't, like, do, you couldn't anything. do anything. Luckily, I found a gym that was open because the guy was like, this is my gym. I built this with my bare fucking hands. I'm not closing. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I, I want to say you will beat those odds. I really honestly don't think that you are i am nervous in a sense just because of what i've seen but no i think that i'm fairly confident that you're going to be great and i honestly don't worry for you um because you found a way to hustle for the last three years and figure it out and pay your bills and you know get what you needed to get done and you've been in those environments like i said before and i i'm not that worried well i appreciate that i did want to mention Talking about the second DUI, this is something, this would probably be the title of the episode. The second DUI? No. Oh. Um, <laughs> I remember because was, I was 29 and it was in September. And then a few months later, you took Hannah, our, my twin sister, to Vegas for her 30th <laughs> birthday. I did. And I remember I got I so I used mad. a lot of points. I'm not going to lie. I did have a lot of American Express points. So, But I remember getting so mad. Like, I turned 32, you know, and you said... Brennan, I just bailed you out of jail. That's I, yeah. the best birthday present I could ever give you. I bailed you out of jail. Yep. It was and probably about the same price, too. That's just what so you kept you know. saying. Yeah. yeah. 
So the title of the episode is going to be um, birthday bail money. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. I had it earlier and I didn't write it down, but it's going to be something about that. So, Emily, thank you so much for being Thanks for here. having me. This was a fun stroll down memory lane. It was awesome. Thank you, everybody, again so much for listening. We're uh, in the process of moving right now, Savannah and I. So um, next week we have one more banked episode coming up. And then after that, I will be in New York City, hopefully getting some new guests from New York on the podcast. Uh, check out everything Brennan T. Comedy on all social media, BrennanTComedy.com. I'm going to start posting up some more dates of shows in New York City once I establish myself up there and figure out where the fuck to do comedy. <laughs> uh, check out the merch store, BrennanTComedy.com slash merch store. Get your ex-drinking buddy merch. You've got some merch, Em. I do. I yep. got it. Everybody get it. Yep. My super big family. Only one person has any merch. And I got the cheap shirt. Yeah, you did. Uh, (laughs) I plan on buying more. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone keeps telling me that, but I checked the sales. Nothing's (laughs) happening. Uh, Also, subscribe on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Brennan Tassif. Thank you again so much for listening, and we will talk to you all next week.